0: hi everyone welcome back to the little green pasture praise the Lord praise the living God praise the great and almighty high and holy one the one who became flesh and dwelt among us praise God Jesus Christ well I'm glad you're here and I'm glad to be here I was gonna record tomorrow but like I say in case some of you don't know I have a saying hey if the wind is blowing I'm going to move with the wind, and when the wind, wind is calm, then I'll be calm, and I'll wait for that wind to blow. right? That's what it says in John three: eight. It says, "The wind listeth where it will. you hear the sound thereof, but no man knows whither it cometh from, and neither whither it goeth, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And that's what we all want to do. We don't want to get ahead of the Lord. And sometimes we do, I think sometimes, I know I have done it a million times and sometimes I just want to dart out there, but I have learned it is good to both quietly hope and to wait upon the Lord. He knows we want to serve him. He knows there's things we want to do. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to begin. Father in heaven, I thank you for yet another day that I can be here. That Lord, even this morning, I arose in the morning a great while before day and went out into a solitary place and there prayed. I personally thank you, Lord, where I live at the well. And it is my hope, Jesus, that everybody that ever visits here, even if it's one time, they will always hear your voice. They will hear your sound because, Lord, I know I'll be the one speaking. But, Lord, let your Holy Spirit move with your own people. And, Lord, I pray that you would prosper me this day in this message, Lord, that moved in my heart today. It's just a simple message. But to me, Lord, it was more than just a simple message. Maybe to many it will be simple. But Lord, is that not the very things that we all so quickly pass over? Because we're always looking for some higher thing or some greater thing. When we do that, Lord, we miss out on the most important things that you are saying to us. So I ask you to bless me and that you would make me a riverbed of your living waters that flow forth. That you would even as much as Moses struck the rock in the desert and it split it open and the waters gushed out into the wilderness and giving water and drink to everybody, even the animals and you cause streams and rivers to flow. I ask for nothing less. For in this, I now lay down at your feet and I commit all to you. In Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so. I'm in Acts chapter 5 this morning, and that's where what I'm going to be taking my text from. So if you want to follow along, go ahead and open it up to chapter 5, but I want to build up to that. I'm going to talk to you guys today about obedience, and so there's a million videos out there on how to obey and why to obey, and if you don't obey, and why it's better to obey. But you know what? I'm never going to pass over anything that the Holy Spirit is speaking to my heart. Because certainly, if he's speaking to my heart, then if it speaks to just one person listening to this, then the will of God was done. And therefore, I can rejoice and rest in his love. You know, obedience. To so many people, they hear that word and it's a connection with a punitive edge. You better obey. And that word obey, I guess in this world, in a secular way it's about you better obey that law and you better obey this and better obey that because it is punitive in this world and it is good that we obey the laws and if your heart is right and you're walking in the path of righteousness with christ and you are upright in heart then obeying the laws of the land are not a bummer to you in fact they that are upright in the lord always look for ways to be obedient to christ you know why because it's a sacrifice and there's joy in it, even in the littlest things. And so today I want to talk to you about obe- obeying God and the, uh, how do I want to say it? Well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start reading and I'm going to only take portions out of chapter five and then I'm going to spring load from there oh here's what I want to say before I go I want to ask you a question whoever's listening because it's about obedience as I just said and I want to ask you is God asking you to do something is he asking you to obey something because I think people that read the majority of people that read every word in the Bible about being obedient to obey is better than sacrifice and all these different places of obedient of being obedient and so they connected with this religious life. And so they began to add burdens onto themselves that Jesus never put on them, not ever. Because you see, the Lord is never going to ask you to obey him in something and make it a big, huge bummer. Now, sometimes he's going to ask us to obey in things that will maybe feel like a bummer. But deeper still is a heart that's knowing by the witness of the Holy Spirit that what we are doing by witness of him that yes it's going to hurt yes it's going to hurt and i have a chance to lose everything but you see the greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world is the one who's making it who's bringing you to that place where the two paths meet or where the two waters meet where you say i would rather go that way with the lord and leave the consequences up to him you know, Oswald Chambers came up with that. You know, there's there's another minister out there who's famous for saying that we love him. And I used to, I learned that a long time ago. Um, uh, Charles Stanley, he always would say, obey God and leave the consequences up to him. And then he said in an interview that he learned that from his dad, but I was reading in this big thick book I have called uh, The Complete Works of Oswald Chambers. And i had read in there, that he said that he was talking about being obedient to god and it's not just for workers of christ it's not just for um you know ministers because that's a give me right everybody that looks at somebody who has some kind of uh a position in the body of christ and some in a like a government position so to speak um they say well yeah they have to obey because they serve the lord but let me ask you do you serve the lord where you live and everything you do because you see it's not just for them it's for you and it's for me and to the and we have to make decisions all the time and we have to obey a lot of the time um many things okay so let me get started i'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a super lengthy chapter but what i want to say is this Um, At one point in chapter four, and I'm just going to grab one verse out of that. And it's chapter four, and it's verse uh, 19. Let me get back over here. And the apostles were being, um, well, you know, they were being, well, it says here. In 415, but when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. And that was the Pharisees and and um and you know, so the, the the chief rulers, they they set them aside, they set the apostles aside, and they went in with their counsel and they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? for that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot, we cannot deny it. And that was the man who sat at the gate, beautiful. Everybody was there. Nobody, it couldn't deny it. They watched it happen. And so it says in verse 17, "But but that is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus but Peter and John answered and said unto them whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so we see that as soon as the power of the Holy Spirit is starting to now move in notable miracles and demonstration of the Spirit's power in obedient servants. I mean, and they were ready servants. Peter and John, they were ready servants. And that's a term I came up with, a ready servant. They had spent time with Jesus. People took knowledge of them, knowing they were ignorant, seeing the boldness of Peter and John. They took knowledge of them. They marveled and took knowledge of them. That they had been with Jesus. And so, with all of the training that they had before he died, and then after he died and was resurrected, being witnesses of that, they were filled with power. And there's always a choice to obey and not to obey. They weren't perfect men. They they were not sinless I mean they were still that ability to fall into sin but there was something in them that new life that new birth that said these words as I just read in chapter 4 verse 19 and uh and 20 whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God judge ye you you judge and they speak, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Like it's done. Like once we've seen and heard something from the Lord, you can't contain it. We are cities set upon a hill that cannot be hid. We're not lights. We're not, you, you can't, you don't light a candle and put it under a table. The light always shines in the darkness. It's a spiritual light. And this is a dark world. So we, in, in the same sense, And reality, not just a sense, the the truth is like that that light that is in you and having no part darkness in you, that light is going out everywhere you go into a world of people and another like another spiritual dimension that's in this world. For we know it says in the word that the whole world lieth under the power of the wicked, the wicked one, the evil one. And so there's always going to be contentions against you obeying and me obeying. And so let me go further. So now I'm going to go over here to chapter five. And so after the Ananias and Sapphira uh, thing happened, it says there came in verse 16, there came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed every one. Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak. Don't you love that? Go stand and speak. I I believe those are really our marching orders for the rest of our lives go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life and when they heard that they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught okay so it goes on to say that the high priest comes and and they were say with the council and the senate of the children of israel and they send to the prison to have them brought out and so they go in there and they're like uh they come back and they're like there's no man in the prison and so the high priest and captain of the temple and chief priests heard these things and doubted. They were like, this is like, this is getting serious. Okay. This is getting serious. It says they doubted of themselves how this is growing. And so then the captain with the officers brought them without violence for they feared the people. And so when they came forward, the chief priests, the captain of the temple, said to them and the and them of the council, said, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. And you know when I think about what it says in uh chapter 4 verse 19, it said, whether we obey he says Uh, We ought to obey. um, It says, whether it's right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot help but speak the things we have seen and heard. But notice how he says, you judge it. But here they're saying, they just say it sharp. They said, we ought to obey God rather than men. See. In other words, they judged it they didn't have to say didn't we tell you to judge you know what it is there was a dividing line saying we ought to obey God okay that was a few verses before now they're saying again we ought to obey God rather than men then they said the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you slew and hanged on a tree him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior or to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. And when they heard that they were cut to the heart and they took counsel to slay them, then stood up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had a reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. Notice, The council did that before they're like, let's, let's talk about what we are going to do with them. And it said, and so, and they said unto them, and so Gamaliel says, um, let me go back. There stood up there, one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves which ye intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Theudas, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400 slain, who was joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this rose up Judas of Galilee. In the days of taxing and drew away much people after him, he also perished and all, even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, don't you feel the the weightiness of that? I do. Every time I come to verse 38 and 39, I feel like a big, big hammer of God comes down. And now I say unto you, Refrain from these men and let them alone, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest haply you be found even to fight against God. You know, when I read that, I saw something very careful, very important to me. And it should be important to you. Be careful who it is that you're obeying, God or men. I'm going to read my little note to you I wrote that I know was inspired of the Holy Spirit when I heard it this morning. So I'm going to read it to you just as I heard it as I was writing. Be careful who it is that you're obeying, God or men. Men die and all that you gave away in obeying them after they are gone perishes and dies with them and you will be scattered and dispersed. As long as you obey men over God, you will find yourself to be a spiritual vagabond and a wanderer, unstable. But those who choose to rather obey God than men serve the undiable Christ Jesus, who died once and was resurrected, and now lives forever for us and in us by virtue of the Holy Spirit. All of our obedience to him will never leave us scattered or dispersed or empty. It is a continual laying up of treasure in heaven. All is eternal, all indestructible. Satan will contend, but because of our word of obedience is of God by the Holy Spirit in us, he cannot overthrow us or the work we do or what he asks us to obey and we obey it. Those who do fight to stop us from obeying the Lord will put themselves in the most dangerous position of fighting against God. You know, in John 3 14, it says, I know that whatsoever God doeth it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that men should fear before him. So, what I want to say to you is this. You know, we. I know the scriptures, it's in Romans, you're familiar with it, and it has to do with sin. But the way it's written, I'm going to use it. It says, know ye not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So what I want to say to you is this. When they said, when Peter... And the men that he was with, because it doesn't say ever, it just says, and the apostles, this group of people that he was with. They talked about it and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Imagine if that angel by night opened the prison doors and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. And they hear that word and say, no, we'll get in trouble. We can't do it we're already in a bunch of hot water. You know, the Holy Spirit is the witness of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit takes what is of the Lord, as I said in my last video, and he will show it to you. And you know, when it says we ought to obey God, these men were doing it, knowing what was happening all around them. But you know why? They had eyes to see a better country. Their eyes were open to see what is eternal and what is everlasting. And you know, look, it's not that they were fearless. Paul even said, he said, "Fears within, fighting without." They were always buffeted. They were always running to and fro for their life and hunger and thirst and all kinds of things. You can read those things in Second Corinthians, chapter six and ten, those big long lists of what Paul went through and the people with him. But you see, when you obey, when, be be careful. Who's influencing you in your obedience? Because number one, God is never going to lead you into something to obey Him. And you're going to feel it greater and deeper. And you're going to know that that source is other than yourself. And you're going to know it. Well, everybody's going, don't do it. I don't know. I wouldn't do it if I was you. But you know, we've all been there. I've been there. But something far greater, uh, uh, I call it a quiet persistence. That's how I know it's from the Lord. That's how you will know that God is calling you to do something to obey. It's a quiet persistence that never goes away until you obey it. And you know, aren't we dying a little bit along the way anyway? All of us like to say quickly, Well, I'm picking up my cross today and I'm following after Jesus. And then when he calls us to die, there's a the flesh's survival of the fittest, and it wants to fight against all that is called holy, all that is called pure, all that is called righteous, all that is called true, all that Jesus is in you. Because you see, the flesh has no stake, it has no, well, skin in the game. But you see once your eyes have been enlightened and you have tasted of the heavenly gift and been made partakers uh of the holy ghost the powers of the world to come you're never the same again see it's just like what i received by the holy spirit in this word that he gave me and i wrote it down in my bible be careful who it is that you are obeying god or men men die and all that you give away in obeying them will be gone when they die see what well, we put so much stake in a man and listen you just got to go with what the holy spirit is telling you whoever it is in your life you don't know that the enemy is influencing them whether it be a church leader a spouse a friend whoever because you know what People even may not even know that they're being used by the enemy. Peter didn't know when they were at the Last Supper and Jesus was talking about going to his death. And Peter said, no, Lord, it shall not be. And Jesus turned to rebuke them. And he said, uh, he rebuked the enemy in him. I'm sure that shocked Peter and wounded him. That's not what we are to do though. That's only for the Holy Spirit to do. You know what? Lead a quiet life. Don't be bombastic with everything. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You only have one God and only him you ought to obey and judge him worthy to obey. Because you see, everything you do in obedience is a reward really it lays up for yourself eternal reward i'm not saying do it so you get something back just like they said but we can't help but speak the name of god and to teach in his name we can't help it it's like it's like it's like telling the sun sun, go down and never rise again it's never going to happen so remember, when you, when you step out and you obey, look at what happened with these men. Even the gates, in a sense of hell, could not prevail against them in that prison. Because when you were obeying God, just like they were obeying God and got thrown into jail, who was in that jail? It didn't say the angel of the Lord was outside of that jail. It said the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth he it was not a big deal see satan can't stop you from obeying god he can't stop you from loving god he can't stop you at all now of course there's a lot of rabbit trails i can take from here where maybe some of you are going having all these kind of things i can't hear you i can't possibly answer them but i will say this take it to the lord in prayer because sometimes, and I will say this, the enemy will trick you into thinking it's God and to obey something. But anything you feel, especially in the word that you know God would never do, once you know the character of God and you're hearing something, and, and uh, here's the difference. Satan will drive you. He'll compel you. You'll think it's the spirit. And all of a sudden, you're making haste with your feet. And it says in the word, he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. Be very careful. The Lord's never in a rush to do anything. So make sure you are never being forced and driven to go do something. I've done that before, only to find myself in a bad situation, whatever it was. But I learned that way. So you know when it says, and we are his witnesses of these things. What things? It says, that God hath exalted him at his right hand, Jesus Christ, you know, the, the, the death, burial, the resurrection were his witnesses. And so was also the Holy Ghost unto them that obey him. So we may, of course, we're not there to witness his earthly life, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, but the Holy Spirit was, and he's that witness living within us. So we have the witness of the Holy Spirit. And so when we say to this world, to the enemy, to evil spirits, to well-meaning people, we say firmly and calmly, we ought rather to obey God than to obey anybody. And to the enemy, we say, we ought rather, and we say it strong to him. Oh, I will obey God and not you and you know what happens prison doors do open up and you hear the words go the word of commission go stand speak or go stand and do run in the path of my commands carry this message with you my word runs swiftly and he will use you more and more and more never be afraid to obey in the thing that is true And it is righteous and is holy because he, it says in the word in Job, I believe it's Job 15. I forget, I won't say it exactly, but I know it's Job 15. It says, he that um, holdeth on to his righteousness groweth stronger and stronger. See, the enemy, he'll try to imprison you, maybe not a literal prison, but imprison you in a prison of spiritual fear. He will gather all kinds of religious big shots and people who think think they know more than you. And I may be even speaking to you as a young person, you, you're like I don't know the word, Joni. I only know enough for this or that and I say it is enough. You're a child of the you're a child of the house. You were purchased by the blood of the lamb. You have a father in heaven and he knows how to save and he knows how to deliver and he will deliver you. You know why? Because you have been made eternal, and Satan cannot take away or kill off what is eternal. And the more you obey, the more God will give you that grace and that power. It's always a walk on the water. It really always is. And say to yourself, I am his witness, and so is the Holy Ghost in me. It says, because I obey him, right? It says, and We are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. Well, some of you might say, well, Joan, so are you saying that there's people that maybe they're too young and they they don't know how to obey? They they anybody that's truly born again has the seal of the living God on them and in them. They have the They have the earnest of the Holy Spirit. And that would be. um, Uh. 2nd uh, Corinthians 1 so the Holy Spirit knows each one of you he's not afraid Satan Satan's afraid Satan's afraid of the greater is he that is in you he's afraid that you'll obey because he knows that once you obey like I just said there's nothing that's going to hold you down in other words nothing's going to hold him down in you. And when you, and and I've seen this so many times in my life, you know, people who've gotten involved with ministries or whatever, you know, something, and they start obeying it more and more and more, and they're not even listening anymore to the Lord. And then that person somehow gets, I don't know, they get caught in some horrible sin and they have to go and. They don't have a church anymore, or they're not leading any Bible studies anymore, whatever. And you've put all—I've seen it—they've put everything on the individual, and the individual turns out to be sinful, or something happens with them, or they die. And next thing you know, they're like, "What do we do? I don't know what to do." You know why? Because they've used all—they—they they look to that man more than God. Now we are to give honor unto whom honor is due by all means, but never ever. Put that man or let anybody, I don't care if it is the finest theologian in the church age. If there is anything that the Holy Spirit is detecting in you that will put you even at the most slightest distance from Christ, run from it as fast as you can and get away from people that you know you can get away from that are not on the Lord's side. I mean, I know we got to get around people. I'm not saying to live an esoteric life. But the thing is, like I said here, you know, this man, Theutis, was boasting himself to be somebody. And a number of men, about 400, joined themselves. And he was slain. And everybody that obeyed him were scattered and they were brought to nothing. I've seen that happen to people. They were left empty because they obeyed a man and did not obey the Lord and the witness of His spirit. Same with this other man that I read about Judas of Galilee. He died. He had a lot of people following him and as many as obeyed him were dispersed after he perished. But you see, Jesus Christ is the end. He's undiable. That's the word I came up with. He died once never to die again. And you are in Christ, you are complete in Christ. And your feet are on that rock and you can never be moved. And when you obey him, all of your obedience to him will never leave you scattered and will never leave you dispersed or empty. It will always be a continual laying up of your treasure in heaven for whom you love, you obey. And you cannot help but obeying. Even if the whole world went one way and you were the only person on earth that went the other, be that person, remember whatsoever God doeth it shall be forever. nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God does it that men should fear before him, so whatever is whatever God is doing in you. And you obey it it shall be forever nothing or nobody can put to it or take away from it that they will know that god did it in you and you will shine like the sun in every place of his dominion